Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Burntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Burntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. What's going on, everybody? It's Mercedes Terrell from Bellator MMA. Hey, this is Billy Howard L. from the Perfect Circle. Hey, I'm Adam Carolla. Hey, this is Max from the Arkells. Hi, this is Tina Stoll. I'm a driver in the NHRA. Hey, this is Dallas Smith. Hi, I'm uh, Commander Chris Hadfield. I'm Danny Danko. I'm the Senior Cultivation Editor for High Times Magazine. Hey, guys, guess what? I'm Jake the Snake Robertson. You're not. Yeah, bad break for you. You're listening to the Toddcast podcast like you didn't know. And isn't it incredible how every once in a while someone will come into your life, you you know, they're there for like a minute, you get along with them, they move along, maybe they take a different job, so you don't see them for a little bit, and then you run into them years later, it's great to catch up, you know, you keep up with them on Facebook and Instagram, so you know know, what they're up to, I guess, but it's been a minute since you took some time to catch up face-to-face. That is exactly what happened with me and this week's lifestyle guest, Mandy Gill. Mandy is a, a health expert, a keynote speaker, a podcaster. We worked together in radio back in the day. She's super nice, positive. She's always smiling. You'll hear some of that conversation at the tail end of this week's podcast. If you're into martial arts, fighting! This week's sporting guest, a three-time amateur champion, Muay Thai fighter, Eva Schultz, zoomed with us from over in Denmark, caught up with her and how she's keeping fight ready during the pandemic. You'll hear about that in about 15 minutes from now. My name is Todd Hancock. Thank you so much for being there, for checking us out. Lots of options are out there, so we do appreciate it. Let's get to our first guest of three, this week's musical guest, K-Flay, brought to you by Pineapple Sound, a recording and mixing studio out in Langley since 2013. They also welcome podcasts, voiceover actors, and more. If it can be done in a recording studio, they can do it. PineappleSound.com. Christine Flaherty, K-Flay was born in 1985, January 30th, a summer baby. 1985, that's the year that Live Aid happened. They raised over 50 million bucks in famine relief for Ethiopia. It was one of the coldest winters in Eastern U.S. history. Calvin and Hobbes debuted in newspapers. Nintendo releasing the NES. And along comes K-Flay, 1985. And when you read up on her, you watch some of the interviews online, it is hard for her story to not grab you. She grew up just outside of Chicago. Parents split up when she was young. Her dad passed away when she was just 14. Double majored in psychology and sociology at Stanford University. Likely uses that knowledge to help write the music. She's super laid back, a unique performer in music today. Just an effortless trip without skipping a beat. She really is worthy of those Grammy nominations, the hit singles, the amazing collaborations, playing festivals. And oh, the video, that new video for Four Letter Words is excellent. Don't you just love the animation? It's part, they're part of the band. It's just a really cool idea. It's something like maybe Gorillas might do. It's fun. So the new K-Flay EP, Inside Voices, is out on June 11th. We're three weeks away now. It features Tom Morello from Rage Against the Machine, Travis Barker of Blink-182. We talked for 35 minutes, which you can hear right now at our iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud, YouTube accounts. We're easy to find 
at Toddcast Podcast for all of our social media. Come follow along. But for right now, here's 10 minutes with K-Flay. The Toddcast Podcast. Uh, Rob goes, yeah, I'm wondering how different it is recording music during this pandemic. And and how did she get along with uh, the guys in Arkells? Oh. Great guys. <laughs> well, you know, uh, I'll answer... I'll answer both parts of that question. Yeah, I think making music during quarantine, I, because I was working with a lot of folks that I had collaborated with pre-quarantine in terms of producers, uh, we already had a rapport. I mean, uh, like for instance, the the people that I worked with on, on Four Letter Words, you know, one of those producers, Tommy, we've been working on, this is our third album together. So we have already like, this this working relationship that was actually able to exist on zoom yeah he's part (laughs) of the team exactly exactly so and you know a lot of the songs on this ep were uh, well all of them were with people that i knew already and and had a had a relationship with so i was lucky in that respect and i've always been a very self-sufficient artist in terms of recording vocals and and doing lots of things just on my own. So I was also able to, to really kind of take advantage of that and set up my, my studio and do my thing and like make these songs in this interesting manner. But with regard to the Arkells, I love those guys. Um, we met probably, you know, we've been talking about this a little bit just cause the song came out. Um, we met when I was out on tour with mother, mother, Okay. So this would be like uh, four Canadian, years ago. A Vancouver yes. based rock band. Yeah. Yeah. Great, BC great folks. Well. Um, yeah. I love Mother Mother. And I was opening for them all across Canada. We were touring oh. like, you know, Red Deer. Like I was like, we were out there doing it. It was yeah. uh my, you know, my first time going to a lot of these these cities and and places. Um and I was a guest on Max's podcast and we had a lot of mutual friends in common. I think lights was our connecting friend okay. and uh, yeah, our, our friendship just started from there. And then Max texted me like a little over a year ago being like, Hey, we have this song that we're working on. You want to come to the studio? We're in LA. Nice. And yeah, that was, that was kind of how that came about. Yeah, because you always wonder, like, as a fan of, you know, both bands, I mean, Max has been on the show, Oddly Lights has been on this podcast. Um, you always wonder, like, how these collaborations come together. The the Ex-Ambassadors is fucking awesome. That's great. That's a great track. Well, you know what's so funny about all of this? And I think when I, you know, before I did music, I had no idea how anything worked, of course. And Yeah. But so much of it is just, like... I think people would be shocked at how casual so much of the behind the scenes on collaboration is because most of it is just artist to artist, like texting, DMing, whatever. Hey, hey, you want to be on my song? And you know, what's funny about that ex-ambassadors track. So Sam Harris, who's the the lead singer of ex-ambassadors and, you know, been a friend of mine now for, yeah, about four or five years. Uh, We were on the same label for many years. Okay. He, yeah, he FaceTimed me. I was actually in my friends. This was like beginning COVID. I was in my friend's front yard being like, this is insane. We start, we were doing these reading, um, like reading in the yard on Sundays at my friend's house. Okay. <laughs> this is like early COVID. Yeah, just to hang, yeah. Just to like, you know, sort of cope with the chaos. And Sam FaceTimed me and he was like, 
dude, I, I wrote this thing and like Jordan's on it. Jordan's written some stuff and would you want to check it out? I think like it could be awesome. And he sent it to me and I listened and I was like, oh, I love this. And that afternoon I was at this point in COVID, by the way, I had set up a studio at my friend's house in their dining room because they were out of town. <laughs> okay. <laughs> And I was like at their house during the day using it as a studio and then coming home to my place at night. And I went over to their house. I wrote the verse like 15 minutes, 20 minutes, recorded it. And there you have it. And Craig goes, uh, yeah, I would love to hear about the process with Tom Morello in that collaboration. Totally. So, uh, yeah, I've got a, got a song called, or, well, I've got a song featuring Tom Morello uh, on this on this next EP, and that relationship again. Uh, or this is a text <laughs> text based collaboration. I met Tom because he cold emailed me. No way. Like four or five years ago. Yeah. Wow. And he was like, "Hey, I heard your song on the radio. My kids and I loved it. Can I call you?" Which song I, was he talking about? But he was talking about Blood in the Cut. Blood this was like right when Blood in the yeah. Cut came out, was on the radio. And <laughs> I got the email. I remember I was in I was in Nashville, Tennessee. And we used to, before the show, the live show, play this like, you know, super cut on YouTube of Rage Against the Machine playing South American festivals. Nice. And it was just like, you know, like Rage Against the Machine in Brazil in 1996, you know, or just like these insane moments. And it was so surreal to me, but it turned out Tom was working on a solo record, which I uh, featured on. I did, I did, a, I wrote a song with him for that. And he and I have uh, a lot of commonalities. Uh, we're from the same sub kind of 20 minutes from each other, suburbs of Chicago and have kind of a lot of parallels, I think in terms of our, the way we are, we're pretty like nice, reasonable yeah, people, yeah. you know, but we make la- we make aggressive music. Like what is that experience like? So we, there's a real kinship there and I really respect Tom and I, I really look up to him. So I, I was working on this song and had, had the demo of it essentially. And we were kind of like, should you ask Tom to play on it? <laughs> so I I should find the text, but I just, I think I just texted him like, Hey, I'm working on this song. Would you like, would you play on it? And would you, would you like solo and like, do your, do your thing. Just like go like, and say, do Tom, do Tom, like full Tom, no holds barred. And yeah. he, he was like, sure. And then a week later, you know, I get the thing and I'm like, Oh God, you know, th- there's that feeling of like, I'm so excited, but oh my God, I'm a little nervous too. Cause like, what, what if, <laughs> anyway, he killed it. So there's. <laughs> so what's yeah. the music in the Flaherty house as a kid growing up? Like what, are, what are your parents playing? Um, like, well, I, I, my parents split up. And so I have, I had a biological dad who, who died and then a, another dad and my mom and my, my biological dad was the one who was really into music. Um, and so there was a lot of music in the house. He played a lot of, you know, I guess classic rock at this point, um, and blues, but yeah, a lot of rock and roll and blues. And, uh, but also, you know, like he introduced me to the talking heads and, 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 you know, bands, bands like that as well. Um, Mm -hmm. 
and he taught me to play like kind of rudimentary guitar, I guess you would say when I was Mm -hmm. like fifth or sixth grade. So that was like the music, you know, that I was exposed to, but it was, again, it was not part of my, my life kind of in a weird way. Um, until, until I got to college. Yeah. Which is strange, but you know, it's nice. It's nice. I think given the fact that I do have this, you know, like a parent who, who is gone, there is a way that, you know, he kind of like lives on through me and that's cool. Yeah. That's nice. Yeah. What was your first concert? You know, this is a, I don't totally know. I think my first concert was like technically a Beach Boys concert, <laughs> like at an outdoor venue. You know what I mean? One of these like reunion of the Beach Boys. I have no idea who was in the right. band. The only song you remember is Kokomo. <laughs> right. <laughs> Why did I see um, the Beach Boys then? <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, you know, eight or something. Yeah. Um, one of the first concerts I, I like bought tickets to was Coldplay. Oh, wow actually on their first record okay and now, I, here's I, a band for Coldplay. Yeah. like it's it's not a band that i would go home and listen to but if they're coming to vancouver i'm going to see that show like they're oh, hell just yeah. that good like incredible live band incredible. also parachutes that record is in my opinion very it's good huge. i i love one well, and the reason i bought tickets to it was i went to tower records i was in chicago i was in the tower city records throwback. i went to tower records is like right before it closed i guess and listened to it. I had never heard of Coldplay. Right, they had those I little listening to booths. it on yeah. a listening station. And I yeah. was like, oh, this is pretty cool. And they were playing at a venue called the Aragon Ballroom in Chicago, oh, okay. and which I have Small. now played. Like that's a 1,000 seater, 1,200? No, bigger. It, it's, like, bigger. it's like 5,000 capacity. Okay. It's pretty big. Yeah. Um, and yeah, Granddaddy opened for them. And okay. I that was like that was one of the first that was like i think that was the first show where i was like hey guys i want to go see this show do you want to come with me i went to a few other concerts that like other people bought tickets and i just kind of went but that was like the first decision i made i'm going to this show yeah musical guests of the Toddcast podcast are powered by pineapple sound providing recording and mixing services for a wide range of artists and genres since 2013. Check them out at pineapplesound.com. Can't you see that I just love you? Stop telling me because I just love you. Picking up your pieces and I'll put them 
just love knowing that music like that is being produced here in Vancouver. New music for Elle Wolf. Her song is called Let's Find Out. Good song. Sounds good on the podcast. New for the podcast. If you caught Elle Wolf playing a podcast show at the railway, I guess it was a couple, two, three years back now, you know that she is the real deal. Great voice. Cannot wait to get out into the public again, get out of the pandemic, get back to seeing some live shows. We are close. The light is at that end of the tunnel. Coming up in about 15 minutes from now in Listen to This, Amazing Race Canada former contestant Sean King talking about the insane process to making it on that show as a contestant. You won't believe the steps. It is powered by Tedco RV Supplies in Langley, RV Service and Repair, ICBC accredited. Find them online on Facebook and Twitter at Tedco RV Supplies. First, the second of three Toddcast guests this week is our sporting guest, three-time amateur champion, Iron Shim Muay Thai fighter, Eva Schultz. It's brought to you by Joyce Heating Services, family owned and operated, heating the lower mainland since 1960. As mentioned off the top, if you're into watching fights, you will love Eva's story. She didn't even get into fitness and Muay Thai fighting till she was into her 30s. She has a fight coming up, or at least when we talked, she wasn't sure that it was definitely happening. COVID has kind of made pro fighting interesting to pull off, to say the least, beyond the UFC. But she did convert her house to a workout-ready gym. 
And gyms in Denmark apparently weren't open because of the pandemic, so you got to find another way. Eva recently signed with Iron Shin in Las Vegas and is a positive force talking about Muay Thai fighting, family, and a lot more. The full conversation is definitely worth hearing. Search it out again through Toddcast Podcast on iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud, YouTube. Till you hear that, here's 10 minutes with three-time amateur champion Iron Shin Muay Thai fighter, Eva Schultz. The Toddcast Podcast. How does that affect you as a as a fighter, as a Muay Thai fighter? Um, like what how did that affect your game in the last year and a bit? Well, I haven't been fighting for my last fight was in February month last year. Okay. And then I came home from uh, from Thailand and everything in Denmark closed down. Like one week after I arrived in Denmark, and I haven't been able to to travel or fighting, everything has been closed for so long time and it's really frustrating. No kidding. And so what's yeah. what's the light at the end of the tunnel for you? Like what's the, the hopeful date to get back to it? That I'm hopefully going to fight on the 22nd this month. Okay. So I, yeah, I hope it's, uh, it's not that it's going to be a B-class fight, but it's okay, you know, just to get it all started again. Right, right. Yeah. Otherwise, I've been standing in my living room. I built this <laughs> big thing in, and I have a small living room, but I built this big thing with bags and everything. And oh, so just been training at home every right. single day. Right. And so, like growing up, what did you want to do? Like, w- when did you know you wanted to travel down the pro fight path? Oh, I didn't. I didn't know that until pretty late. Like, uh, I started when I was. 30 oh um, okay wow yeah, so, so i've and i never i've never been in touch with fight sports at all i've been doing triathlon i've been running marathon and stuff like that um i just i just fell for it you know so going to the fitness center trying to do just you know a fitness hour with some kickboxing stuff and i was like wow i just fall in love right away wow really it was just like that hey it was just like that same, same. So I just knew I was going to do it and I knew I wanted to try fighting. And, and I think it was very interesting also because I'm, I'm an educated psychologist and I've been working a lot with all our you know, animal instincts and stuff. So I think it's been very interesting to see how things work and how we work when we go in a fight situation because some situations you cannot think the solution. And you definitely can't do that when you're fighting. You have to have everything incorporated in your body. So, right. So I, I just fell in love and like I have to try that. Oh, that's so. very interesting because thirty is is pretty late in the game to get into it. So, what were you doing prior to that then? I I yeah I became mom. Yeah. And um, then I just you know focused on being a full time mom and doing my uh, work. Okay. Uh, with my, um, with my clinic, I had private uh, private people coming in my clinic for sessions, and you know, I've been crisis uh, work with crisis and traumas and stuff. And uh, then he started to grow up, and I was like, "Wow!" I just sit in the couch waiting for my son to come home, and when he right. comes home, it's like, "Mom, I have to go. I cannot talk now." So I was like, "Whoa, <laughs> right. okay." Time for something else. It was time for something else. So then, then I. Then I joined the fitness and I was like, this is what I'm going to do. And during time, I developed a lot in 
in person, but also in understanding myself and my body and everything changed for me. And I was so grateful for going to the gym that day. And I loved it ever since. And now this is all I do. Right. I love it. And so you're big on watching like UFC fights and Bellator and everything, right? Yeah, I'm I'm like nerd, you know, everything that has to do with all this. I follow everything. And in the evening, I sit with YouTube and watch the fights and, you know. Okay. Yeah. What stands out from your first pro fight? How old were you? I were 34, I think. Okay. Yes, I was 34. And um, I was actually fighting a girl from Norway and she had so many fights. Uh, and I was a little bit, you know, uh, I didn't really know if I wanted to take it because I didn't, I was like, whoa, this is my first like pro fight. And, and, but anyway, we had a very good match, but I, that was a totally different game. The hardness, you know, the movement, everything was different. And I was like, I looked like Parsi Motor, you know, like with my back all <laughs> swollen up and purple and black and black eyes. And I was like, wow, wow. I want to do more of this. <laughs> yeah, it's it's not the same as sparring, you know, like you're actually. No, 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 it's not the same, not the same. But still, I'm very impressed how, how the body kind of adapts to the situation, like the body knows when it's serious and then you feel no pain. So you don't feel any pain when you go in the ring. So yeah, I was so jacked up on adrenaline. It. Yes, all the adrenaline covering up the body, you feel nothing, but afterwards, wow. <laughs> no kidding, no kidding. And do you take CBD oil for that? I know a lot of fighters do. Yeah, I actually do. And I think it's um, it, it's working quite well and you get quick recovery. Um, so I, I really think it's a very good supplement to use. Yeah, it's, it's incredible, right? I mean, to, yes, to, it actually to, is for many for, things. It, it really is. It works. It works. Yeah, totally. Uh, and with this fight coming up pretty quick for you, how much tape will you watch of your opponent? Like there's a point where you can almost psych yourself out watching them fight, right? Yeah. Uh, actually, I never watch my opponents. <laughs> no? No. You just go prepared for anything? Just prepare for war? Yes. And I, I uh, you know, I prepare my, my, my game plan. Like um, I, I've been training a lot in Thailand and my teacher down there, he was very good at teaching me this secret, this Thai secret that's called the IQ. So if you do your game with IQ, then you do a good game. It's not like you have to brawl and bam, 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 bam. No, you have to think smart when you're fighting. And um, so when I go in the ring, I always... I study what what does my opponent do? Where where is she weak? And uh, after that, then we start to get it rolling. Okay. Um. So I use my I use my eyes, you know, and of course my skills. I trust my skills, and uh, and then I'm reading the whole game like a game of chess. So I think that's the way to do good fighting. Otherwise, you can you can put a lot of things into your mind that it's not going to be beneficial for you because she also changes her game every time. So everybody develops. So you cannot take an old fight. Of course, you can see some indications of how she's going to fight. But still, I think it's very important to be 100% present when you go in the ring. And then you have to uh, be 
present enough that you can read the game going on and then you can work out from that point. They, they always talk about like the best fighters pound for pound. Who do you think men and women best all time? At this point, uh, if we look into the Muay Thai world, I would say that we have Rod Tang. Yes. Uh, he's a very intelligent fighter. He's a very strong fighter and he really, really know how to get his game rolling. Um, and then, of course, if you take like Sunshine, he, I think he's probably the most intelligent fighter you have ever seen, ever. Mm -hmm. He is really, really brilliant in everything he does. And he's fast too. So and then we have Bokao. We, we have so many different, but and they all have a specific style or signature. So you know, you know that's what they're going to do. But Rantang, he would be my, he would actually be my favorite. He's incredible. I've watched some of his videos and it's like, man, how, how do you even get the guts to get into the ring with that guy? Yes, he's like an animal. Even, you know, when he just stands like this, you know, and yeah. I would be so totally scared that when I punch his face, he just do like this, you know, and I'm like, whoa. I know. It's, it's crazy. Yeah, so, I would love to get outside of, uh, of fighting and, and what you're known for. What are you binge watching lately? What are the shows that, uh, that you're watching? In fighting? No, not in or fighting. In like Netflix or TV or what Ooh, are you watching? Oh yeah, I watch I watch Netflix and I like to watch right now it's uh, Son of Sam's. I like the documentaries about the you know crimes and uh, yeah. serious crimes and stuff because there's also some psychological stuff in it and I really love that. Yeah, so there's another one on, on Netflix. Um, I, it's the, the Rodriguez story uh, in Los Angeles in the mid 80s. It is so creepy. It's insane yeah. what people, what they do. It's insane. It is crazy. It's, it's like you cannot even imagine it in your own mind. It's like, yeah. wow. You, know? like you, you watch and you're like, this can't possibly be true. Yeah. And it's, yeah. it's a documentary. It's based on fact. Yes, it's really, I think it's really creepy. And also because um, it's, it's based on, on crimes that happens in the United States. And like in our small country, we barely have maybe five murders a year. You know, it's like nothing, you know. So it's, it's very interesting to see how it works over there and how severe the crimes actually are and, and how they can get away with stuff and how the mind is going on in, in people who are really sick. Yeah. I think it's fascinating somehow. And it really is. I think we also like to see things that are out of the, the normal. Sporting guest visits of the Toddcast podcast are powered by Joyce Heating Services, a family-owned and operated heating business serving the Lower Mainland since 1960. Online at JoyceHeating.com.
And now, listen to this on the Toddcast Podcast. If you're an adrenaline seeker at all, like me, shows like The Amazing Race Canada will draw you in. And maybe it's simply because it's something you would actually do and maybe even do pretty good on the show. Sean King has been a contestant of the show. And when he was a guest of the podcast, we talked about his love of hockey and the Toronto Maple Leafs, how he dislocated his shoulder while on the show. He shared a story from the summer of 2017, how he got scared at a gun range in Las Vegas. He talked about the shows that he was binge watching at the time. And Sean talked about the intense steps that it took to get on the Amazing Race Canada as a contestant. Listen to this. Oh God! <clears throat> well, uh, we we put in our audition tape. I think three days before the the deadline, um, and so you know you go on there and they tell you they give you some tips about how to create your tape. So submitted the tape and kind of waited. I think um, I think you know I wasn't sure if we were going to get a call or what was going to happen next, but uh, we got some sort of email probably within a week that said. Uh, you know, he'd been sort of selected to move on to the next round, which consisted of a massive um, questionnaire. Mm. And so it was a questionnaire about, mostly about um, the relationship between me and Jen, my wife. And, okay. and why, you know, why was I choosing to uh, race with her and everything from what do you like about them, what do you dislike about them, like just... Wow. Honestly, it was probably 60 or 70 pages, and um, I think they'd given us uh, a week to do it. So uh, we each got one of those and had to fill them out separately. Um, huh. And so submitted that. And then we waited. I don't remember how long, probably a couple of weeks maybe. Um, and then uh, we got another one. And this was an activity-based questionnaire. So same deal, like it had to have been 60 or 70 pages. Again, you had a week to do it. Listen to this on the Toddcast podcast is brought to you by Tedco RV Supplies in Langley, an ICBC approved repair shop. Find them online at tedcorvsuppliesinc.com.
this week is all about the new music. That band is called Media Slaves, a cool song for them called Manipulate Me. It's a new song for them. It's a new song for the podcast. And don't you just love the power of social media? They started following along. I checked them out. I think it was their pinned tweet. They sent me to that song you just heard. Uh, maybe four songs actually on Bandcamp now to come to think of it or whatever it was. I followed along based on that song, poked him for the music. And here we are looking forward to seeing more of those guys as the world slowly opens up again. It's happening. Play to sleep circle, a new song for them as well for the podcast renegade. And if you saw them doing that live stream, I think it was a couple of months back now, then, you know, that was a lot of fun, super interactive night, lots of chatting, lots of fun with the band. I think there was even a tool cover in the set. Was there not? I've seen a fair amount of live streams myself, local bands over the last year. It's a great way for you to kind of keep up and support the bands. Now, speaking of live music, find Pandemic Distanced, some live stream shows as well with the indie scene at toddhancock.ca. Maybe you're playing one. Maybe you're checking out something. Let us know about it. We'll post it up at the website. We're very excited to fire things up again. Full on concert scene is coming soon enough that is brought to you by mystic rhythms rehearsal studios where i know that they are equally excited to get things rolling once again too 40 plus years experience in the music industry find out about them through mysticrhythms.ca. okay our final guest of episode 248 is international keynote speaker health expert and podcaster mandy gill this week's entertainment guest brought to you by sacred meds the best craft cannabis and psilocybin dispensary in canada use the code toddcast for 10 percent off your entire order through sacredmeds.com weed mushrooms hash keef bath bombs caramels gummies the site is incredible Mandy fell in love with CrossFit in her late teens, started competing at the CrossFit regionals in 2010. She now does keynote speaking for companies, healthy workplaces. She owns her own Mandy Gill app, which is a workout program and a one-on-one coaching. You'll know Mandy from her time working at Virgin Radio here in Vancouver, Global TV, Shaw TV, KVOS TV. You still see her featured from time to time on CTV Morning Live and CTV News at Noon as a health expert with a segment of her own. You've seen her in magazines worldwide. She has a social media presence that's positive and super uplifting. It's a must follow. The Full Talk is now posted at our iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud, and YouTube accounts. Search it out through Toddcast Podcast. Till then, here's 10 minutes with keynote speaker, health expert, podcaster, and friend, Mandy Gill. The Toddcast Podcast. How's your circle with COVID and like how did your world change, you know, to meet oh. this pandemic head on? Like we have to, we're forced to. You know, it's interesting you asked that, Todd. Um, there was a moment last night that really hit me. And I think I, I, um, business has picked up in, in full transparency. Business has really started to pick up, I would say, ever since January. I saw a huge shift. Now, um, you and I talk about our experiences together 13 years ago, over a decade ago. And um, so my whole background came from the broadcasting side and going from the Fox over to the Beat, which is now Virgin Radio, morning and afternoon show co-hosting. And then 2012, I actually decided to start my own business. 
and started contracting myself out. Uh, CTV at the time, I was sponsored by Reebok. They really helped me in that. Um, and basically, I started to, you know, um, contract myself out to all these different stations and then being TV stations as a majority and different magazine outlets and whatnot and uh, working heavily through that. And then two years ago, I started to see a niche for bringing in healthy habit practices within corporate workplaces, which you and I can probably have a good chuckle about from time to time from our, our good old history. And um, I probably did not fall into that category very well at the time <laughs> that we're talking of. Yeah. Um, but uh, I mean, we live and we learn and we know and we become more in tune with ourselves. And so I'm actually sitting here on this podcast with you after I just got down from the grind. I, it opened yesterday to gross grind and I'm like oh I gotta tackle that you know that's the the second day of the year it's open and it's a huge passion of mine so now when we talk about when the pandemic hit I'd actually started to get into the corporate workspace of working with a ton of different companies so I had just started keynote speaking and I had my first gig was lined up for March and I was actually in Arizona when the pandemic hit and all I remember was it was this ripple effect Todd and it was like canceled, 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 canceled. And everybody was in fear, right? Which is obvious. Mm. Now, what was interesting about that is that, so now I'm represented since last August by the National Speakers Bureau. And they helped me to, you know, get out to different companies and um, create an even solid, more solid foundation. But at that time, I was creating my own contracts. So therefore, I never in one of my contracts stated the deposit is for, you know, how do I put it this way? Anything other than the fact that you will, uh, you know, not get it back if we don't reschedule or anything like that. I had none of that stated. It was all things that I created on my own. So not only was I reimbursing the second payments, I was reimbursing the first payments. And I think last year was fueled with a lot of fear. And when I say that, right, and it was just like, I I look at others, and I actually don't look at others first, I look at myself, like, I didn't necessarily, I didn't find my feet until this past January. And I tackled a lot of opportunities last year. And I wouldn't say until this January. So I guess what is that now 11 months, 12 no, 11, 10 months after everything hit, that now things are flying. And so where I come back full circle to say I was thinking about it last night was that I was thinking to myself, my gosh, did I ever operate on a lot of fear last year? And I, I genuinely think it was because it was what I was feeling from others. It was that sense of urgency of them being like, we need the deposit back. We can't confirm anything further. Everything was just halted. So, yeah. So, so how did you get into keynote speaking like how did that happen so I had actually um it was about it was about three years ago I started to notice so with regards to starting at my own business I also developed an app we work with clients all over the world and we work with them fitness and nutrition wise and when I say we it's a team uh that works within it now what I had started to notice is that I was being asked to speak at different expos and um a lot of the more Toronto side of things um and then what ended up happening is I started to notice there was a corporate demand and I was like 
I am not ready to speak in corporations. (laughs) I've got no idea where the heck this is coming from. But I started to notice that a lot of the same demand of what corporations wanted me to talk about was the same. And so I stepped back. I went to a mentor of mine that I've had in the speaking realm. And I said, hey, you know what? Like, do you think this is something that I should tackle? Like, is this something that you see in the world of keynote speaking as in demand. And he said, a hundred percent, I do. There's no question that you would excel at this from your background and your experience. So I actually did the Harvard leadership program I got into last year. So I spent a lot of my time last year investing in education. So once my bubble was burst with the whole first, what was it, 10 months of my keynote speaking career, really starting off with like purpose and now a new alignment and a new path um, and getting signed by the National Speakers Bureau was huge. I worked on that relationship for months and months. It felt like a job, right? Like you're all of a sudden applying again, but you're like, I run my own business, but I'm applying. And um, (laughs) it was was quite entertaining. But yeah, so anyways, it just a constant environment investment in my own personal development and my own contributions towards different corporations. And, you know, um, we're now in the virtual world. So of work. So a lot of my keynote speaking topics have catered around uh, healthy habits within the virtual workspace. And how can we ensure that if you're staring at your screen for 10 plus hours a day now, where is time for family? Where is time for the non-negotiables that you have personally within your life? Are you still following your professional non-negotiables? Like, is there so many distractions within your day, which are said to happen every, you know, couple minutes at this rate? Mm-hmm. It, what is what is your productivity level? How are you, how engaged are you with the company that you're working with? So yeah, this is where it's grown to. And now, thankfully, as of the last five months, so January to now, it's it started to take off. I would love to get outside of, you know, the public speaking and health and podcasting and stuff. And I want to I want to get into what you were like as a kid. Oh, what, what are you playing around the house like for for music and stuff? What are what's in the Gill house? What, oh. are, your par- what are your parents playing? you? What's the music? A lot of Phil Collins. Nice. A lot of Phil Collins, a lot of Jimi Hendrix. Mm. Um, I probably weaseled in a lot of Celine Dion as well. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we got a, lift, a lot of different sides of the spectrum. Yeah. Uh, I even said, I remember as a kid growing up, like this was when you got your like kindergarten books filled out and it said, you know, what do you want to be when you grow up? And I always wrote Celine Dion, Celine Dion. And my parents were like, what is happening here? What? Yeah. But here we are now, and I can't sing even in the shower, so there was no hope. Yeah. Um, but, but music uh, was always pretty prevalent in your house, eh? Oh, huge, huge. My mom, actually, it's so funny that I got into radio and even podcasting still, and we're talking right now. She actually had a huge um, love for DJs growing up. And when I say that she'd call into the radio station all the time and, (laughs) you know, request songs and everything like that. So of course, when she saw that her daughter was doing this, she's like, this is so cool. So yeah, music was huge. What are you binge watching right now lately? Um, you're not going to be impressed. I really don't watch TV. <laughs> really? Good for you. So what do you do? Like, like what do you, if you flip, you flip around on like YouTube videos and Facebook videos. Like, what do you do? 
by the time. So I will work during the day. My boyfriend and I will go out for a run um, or I'll go meet the girls and we'll go do some sort of like grind or trail run or whatever it is. And no word of a lie, 8.30 hits. Okay. And uh, I'm looking at my clock right now. I'm like, oh, I'm doing good. I'm still awake. Yeah, and- <laughs> I feel pretty tired here. <laughs> and uh, awesome. we're in bed. We're in bed at five thirty. Rolls around real quick, and I swear that morning show life. Five thirty in the morning. Yeah, and up until the point, actually, so my Bernese mountain dog, he really is to thank for getting me into the love of getting into trail racing and and, uh, being involved in that community. But he actually would have me up at 4.30 in the morning. And so morning show radio always started at 3.30. And so 4.30 felt good to me. And uh, so 5.30 sometimes is really just sleeping in, to be honest. Yeah. Well, you're Mm -hmm. obviously healthy, you're fit. What, 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 what are your sports? What do you like to, what do you like to watch? What do you like to play? Ooh. So, um, right now I am huge into, uh, trail running. So that is, that's my go-to. I've got a big, uh, the the races are canceled for a majority of them. Um, we've got our fingers crossed for a couple, but there's one coming up in June. I call the knee knacker. Um, it's goes from horseshoe Bay to deep Cove for anybody that's familiar with the North shore oh, wow. trails. Wow. Yeah. And it's a beautiful one and it's 50 kilometers, just shy of 50. And, uh, it is supposed to be running in July, but we're going to actually do it in June. And then in July, I've got an 85 kilometer planned in Whistler. And then what? another 50 in September. And that one I think is about 12, 12,000 feet elevation. So they're, yeah. So when you ask what I'm binge watching, (laughs) you're like, this explains it. I'm binge watching. (laughs) Toddcast podcast entertainment guest visits are powered by Sacred Meds, the best craft cannabis and psilocybin dispensary in Canada. Available online at sacredmeds.com. Use promo code Toddcast at checkout for 10% off everything in store. Pain. You don't need to be a wild one. Cause you've got all you need to get on track. You, you don't need my protection.
some new rock pumping out of the province next to us. They are called Waterfront, based out of Lethbridge, Alberta. Loving the sound of that one. Backbreaker, new music for them, new music for the podcast. And they are the only band not from Vancouver, Canada on this week's podcast. Nice work, guys. So it's a final thought as you inch closer to the end of the pandemic, as we slowly but surely, we get past having to wear a mask to get groceries and whatnot. At times you couldn't even have family over for dinner. Can't hug anyone. You're living in fear of the unknown. Not sure what to believe. Is this true? Is that true? Who's right? Who's saying what's being said? Think what's their agenda in all of this. All that good stuff will be soon behind us. I'm vaccinated. I, for one, am going with science on this one. I'm chipped. I don't know about you, but I'm going to remember the people that were dragging their feet, doing all the stupid shit. Some I work with, some I've known for years. The pandemic is just one more way that we can see just how stupid some people are. I think we'll wrap it up here. I don't want to get me ranting about how people are stupid. We'll be here for another hour. Uh, wanted to give a big thanks, of course, to this week's guests as well. Kayflay, you are the best. Thank you so much for being chill, laid back, relaxed. Very cool to talk to you. I'm a longtime fan. Muay Thai fighter Eva Schultz, thank you for being a guest as well. It was a great talk. Looking forward to watching your next fight. Good luck with that. And keynote speaker Mandy Gill, so great to see you and have a quick catch up. I can't believe it's been... 13 plus years since we worked together. It's crazy how time flies. Again, congrats on all of your success. It is super cool. It's great to see. And that's going to do it for this one. Episode 248. Again, my name is Todd Hancock. Thank you so much for listening. Please tell your friends about us. Subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud, YouTube. We're also on the Dean Blundell Network out of Toronto at deanblundell.com. Comment and rate the podcast. It helps out with search results and whatnot. Huge thanks to all of our tremendous sponsors. You can find links to all sponsor websites at toddhancock.ca. If you'd like to sponsor the podcast, you can for as little as 10 bucks a day. Contact info at the homepage. Maybe we'll talk soon. Help us find a sponsor and get a kickback. There's a couple spots open right now. Summer's coming. I expect that to close up pretty quick. Maybe you know a business that gets outside the box advertising. Send them our way. We'll take care of it and, and shoot you some dough. Sounds good, right? Till next week, don't be an asshole. Nobody wants to be around that. Have fun, play hard, and most of all, believe in yourself. The Toddcast Podcast. Keep in touch with Todd through Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, and bookmark toddhancock.ca. Hi, it's Jennifer, a founder of the Go Kid Go Network. Do your kids love wacky worlds, superheroes, and inventing? Of course they do. That's why our shows Bobby Wonder and Lucy Wow are set in Pflugerville, the nonstop fun and adventure universe where imagination, creativity, STEM, and positive role models abound. Join the Pflugerville fun by searching for Bobby Wonder and Lucy Wow on Spotify, Apple, or wherever you get your podcasts.